the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Podcast. I am your host, Nick DeGilio. Welcome. We are part of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, the best podcast network in the world. And uh, so thank you for checking us out. Thank you for downloading and listening. Please subscribe, spread the word, like us, uh, rate and review us on every single platform. We want to hear the feedback. We want to hear from you at Radio Misfits and at the Nick T Podcast. Hey, you want to be a sponsor? This podcast reaches a lot of people. So if you have a a product that you would like to advertise or you want to be a sponsor on the Nick T Podcast, please contact us. Let us know you want to do that. We'll get in contact with you. Let the sales department know. Sales at RadioMisfits.com. Sales at RadioMisfits.com. You want to be a part of the Nick D Podcast just in general? Well, you can do that via voicemail. You can do that via email. You can do that anytime you want. 24-7, the voicemail lines are open. We want to hear from you anytime, anyplace, anywhere. All of that stuff with your comments, your questions for our guests, uh, anything, you know, uh, anything you want to say. We'd love to hear it. Also, if you have a megaphone uh Magic microphone request, we'd love to hear that too. 773-417-6948. Call us now. Drop us an email at nickdpodcast at gmail.com. Some exciting stuff happening here at Radio Misfits because now Radio Misfits is streaming live 24-7 for free. It's like a radio station, except you don't have jagoffs running it. That's the, that's the difference. You don't have complete brain-dead morons ruining a great radio station. We have a great podcast network here that is live streaming 24-7. You can hear all the great podcasts that you can get at Radio Misfits, and you can hear some really cool music. Uh, there is a, you know, a, 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 a thing called the, uh, the, the Unheard Music Show, which is a thing that uh, we've been doing here at Radio Misfits, where if you are an unsigned band and you want your music to be heard, send it to Radio Misfits and get in contact with them uh, and say, hey, I'm an unsigned band. I want to be a part of Unheard Music. So you'll hear great music and great podcast episodes, including mine, and it's all for free, and it's 24 hours a day at radiomisfits.live. Radiomisfits.live. You go there now, and some great you know, piece of uh, entertainment is happening at radiomisfits.live right now as we speak 24-7. And my podcasts, I have two of them, will be broadcast as well, are being broadcast as well. Every day at 9 a.m. Central, you can hear my SNL podcast, That Show Hasn't Been Funny in Years, which is a great podcast about SNL. If you don't think that you want to subscribe to the podcast because you don't really know anything about SNL, that's another reason why you should subscribe. It is dedicated to the greatness of the sketch comedy show, and I am a historian, and I know more about SNL than you do. Trust me, I do. And I share that. We'll have guests. We have cool topics. We play back a lot of really cool audio and great interviews. It is a great podcast about SNL. You should subscribe to it right now. That show hasn't been funny in years. But you can listen every single day at 9 a.m. at RadioMisfits.live. This podcast that you're hearing right now, the Nick D podcast, also gets played uh, on the live streaming 24-7 RadioMisfits.live. You can hear it every single day at 3 p.m. So 9 a.m., you can hear my SNL podcast every day. 
and 3 p.m. You can hear this podcast every day at RadioMisfits.live, live streaming 24-7. Fantastic. We're very excited about it. Uh, on this podcast episode coming up, we've got uh, Mike Kurz is going to join me. Mike and his wife, Mia, run the Flashback Weekend Horror Convention, of which I've been a part of for over 20 years. That's coming up in August, where a bunch of great horror uh, celebrities and actors and actresses and directors and all kinds of really cool events happen. I've been a part of it. Uh, as helping out as staff and as host and Q&A moderator and all kinds of cool stuff forever. we got a big, big show coming up in in, uh, August for that. We're going to talk about that. But the main reason is that it's drive-in season. The drive-ins have opened, um, and now uh, we're going to talk about that because Mike and Mia own the Midway Drive-In in Dixon, Illinois, one of the best drive-ins in the world. And Mike uh, actually is the president of a great drive-in organization, um, and it is the 90th anniversary of the drive-in theater. This year marks 90 years that the drive-in has been around. So we're going to talk about that and the history and trivia. So it's drive-in celebration today on the podcast with Mike Kurz from the Midway Drive-In and from Flashback Weekend. We'll tell you all about what's happening at the Midway Drive-In throughout the drive-in season and then just go nuts and give you historical uh, history, historical history. Yes, that would be historical history. Anyway, it will give you all the history and all the really cool stories and anecdotes about the drive-in, and we'll tell our personal experiences about it. It's 90 years of the drive-in movie, and we'll talk with Mike Kurz about that. My, bud, my, my good buddy, Esmeralda Leon, who is going off on vacation to Vegas uh, for uh, a, a few days, is going to be gone, and we are going to talk about uh, her adventures in Vegas, what she's looking forward to, and we're going to talk about some very Vegas-related stuff and some of the greatest entertainers in the history of Vegas and Vegas stories. So we're going to dive deep into the world of Vegas. We've got a magic megaphone message that we're going to do as well. And uh, since Esmeralda is going to be out of town, um, uh, she will not be here for our next live Zany's Rosemont event, which is Tuesday, May 16th. That's right. It's this coming Tuesday, May 16th. Get your tickets now. Amy Guth will be sitting in for Esmeralda, who will be in Vegas. Amy Guth is going to be there live. She's lovely. She's awesome. She's hilarious. She's great. She will be my co-host, and our special guest will be Jim Flanagan, who is one of the funniest stand-up comedians in the world. So he's going to be on stage with us, being hilarious, telling great stories. You will be there. You will win prizes. We will throw out some trivia. My dad's going to come up and tell a joke. It is uh, great events that we do every month at Zanies and Rosemont, filled with comedy, live podcast recording that you can be a part of. Incredible entertainment, lots of big laughs, really cool people. Amy Guth, Jim Flanagan, me, my dad, everybody on stage having a great time. We'll hang out afterwards and all that cool stuff. It's at Zanies in Rosemont, which is the best comedy club ever. And uh, you can get tickets now Tuesday, May 16th. That's this Tuesday, May 16th, rosemont.zanies.com. And a special offer just for you guys, two-for-one tickets. That's right, buy one, get one free. Buy one, get one free right now. If you go to rosemont.zanies.com, you'll find uh, the Nick D Podcast Live. Use the promo code PODCAST, P-O-D-C-A-S-T, all caps, PODCAST, all caps, and you will get two-for-one tickets. So buy one, get one free. So that's half-price tickets. You will get half-price tickets, but do it now. For this Tuesday, May 16th, rosemont.zanies.com. Use promo code PODCAST, all caps, and you get half-price tickets, two-for-one. You can also call the box office at 847-813-0484. Great prizes, including app gift cards and Gale Street uh, dinners and all kinds of really cool stuff. Big laughs. You'll be a part of the show. Incredibly funny Jim Flanagan, the incredibly lovely Amy Guth, and the incredibly stupid me. On stage, having a great time. Everybody who comes has a fabulous time. We're going to do it again. So, again, Tuesday, May 16th. That's this Tuesday, Zany and Rosemont. Use promo code PODCAST in all caps, and you'll get half-price tickets, two-for-one, 
rosemont.zanies.com or 847-813-0484. See you this Tuesday, the 16th. It's going to be a blast. My thanks to Jason Skaggs, who does all the crazy sounds and the themes and the music that you hear here. My thanks to Ed and everybody at Radio Misfits. And check us out live streaming at radiomisfits.live. And um, check us out right here at Radio Misfits uh, uh, Podcast Network. All right, very cool. It is warm out. That means it's going to be summertime. That means it's time to go to the drive-in. Well, let's talk to Mike Kurz about going to the drive-in. You know who loves the drive-in? I'll tell you Hi, right I'm now. I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. She also loves the drive-in. I'm telling you right now, she does. Hi, don't I'm you? Carrie yes. Russell, and I love Nick's show. She's wearing a T-shirt that says, I love the drive-in. All right, speaking of the drive-ins, uh, we are about to talk to Mike Kurz about the 90th anniversary of the drive-in movie theater. Outstanding. Also, congratulations, everybody. Congratulations. You're about to listen to the Nick D Podcast. It's by far the best decision you've made today. It makes the other podcasts seem like crap. Oh yeah, don't be a jackoff. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. There it is. And I know that everybody is visualizing marching and dancing candy and <laughs> Coke and pop and all that kind of stuff because that is what is normally played, the legendary uh, piece of uh, animation that is played between movies during intermission at a, uh, at a drive-in. Um, and speaking of drive-ins, uh, that's what we're going to be talking about here. Insanely and incredibly, this year, 2023, is the 90th, 90th anniversary of the drive-in theater. And uh, one of the people who actually runs a drive-in theater, owns and runs a drive-in theater here in Illinois, Dixon, Illinois, to be specific, the Midway Drive-In, to be more specific, is Mike Kurz, who's an old friend of mine. And Mike and Mia and his family own and run the Midway Drive-In. You can check out themidwaydrivein.net for all the information. They also happen to run the best horror convention in the country, which I have been a part of since the beginning. And we will talk about that as well. But it is uh, drive-ins that we're going to jump into. And my guest is Mike Kurz. Hi, Mike. Hey, Nick. How are you, man? Good, man. How have you been? Um, I've been all right. Looking forward to flashback, as I always do. You know, it's the highlight of my year. Uh, and, uh, and I was so glad to come back after missing a year last year, and it was so much fun, and I can't wait for this year. Yeah, we were glad to have you back. Yeah, so it's going to be fun. But we're here right now to concentrate on the drive-in. And drive-in season just started. You guys, in fact, at the, at the Midway Drive-In opened up your, uh, your gates and everything. Last week for uh, Gal- Guardians of the premiere of Guardians of the Galaxy three, and you had Ant Man Quantuminium uh, play. How did your opening weekend go? Went it went great. Uh, yeah, we had a blast, and uh, it's really great to open again for the season. And we're running a new uh, intermission time clock vintage from the seventies. We, we try to change those out every now and then because yeah, that's just just so much key part to me is the uh, the nostalgic concession ads in between the movies yeah and those concession ads now that one that i played is sort of a legendary one the one that i played and now the one that you guys are playing is that the one where 
they you have one minute left or two minutes left, and they're walking through, the, and the caricatures are just basically on a circle walking through the <laughs> the the, yeah. the lobby. That we we have that, but we we show many many more. We have because uh, th that's old Filmac clock, which was a company based out of Chicago that made that, and that famously appears in Greece. And uh, but yeah. we run uh, we run others as well. Yeah, and the one we're premiering is called the Octagon, which was the seventies and has a very seventies look to it. Oh, very cool, very very cool. Well, first of all, you know, I know I've known you for a long time. Uh, Mike, a long, long time, like 30 something years I've known you. And uh, first of all, you know, when you were growing up, what was it like for you? Where'd you grow up and, and, and how did you get into movies? And, and then tell me about like your love of the drive and how it began when you were young. Well, lived, uh, grew up in Niles, Illinois. And, and uh, I, I have, I had a great uncle, Earl Bowling, who owned a uh, drive-in theater which was in elizabeth then tennessee and he owned an indoor and an outdoor and the outdoor was the state line drive-in so on vacations used to we'd see him and used to get these great posters and uh press kits and and i and the, the box office magazines he had a stack of them which was a trade magazine and it had uh it would have photos of promotions across the country and Fell in love with movies as well as the exhibition, the the the, the theatrical movie side of the uh, movie industry. Yeah, and uh, and growing up, as you remember, it was it was a uh, it was just great. There there were there weren't megaplexes then. There were single screens everywhere, all throughout towns. There'd be single screens. So. And this was before videotape in the six. This was in the sixties. So if you want to see a movie, you had to go to a movie theater. And and the highlight of the week for me was Thursdays. Sometimes I would be, would be able to get the Friday newspaper, open it up, and th there were you know hundreds of movie single screens and drive-ins throughout the uh, Illinois area. So just I would review and map out my movie going for the week. And it was just great, and there, and uh, and this, you probably had a very similar experience as well. I did. No, I grew up, uh, you know, Thursday night again, getting the Friday paper and going through it uh, constantly. And I loved all the single screens, the neighborhood theaters, and drive-ins as well. Same thing, exactly the same thing. I read Variety when I was a kid, and I didn't, you know, and I read, you know, I read Box Office, all of that stuff. Uh, had no absolute knowledge of what the hell I was reading, but I was, but I was fascinated by it. Um, and people would like look at me and go, why are you reading Variety? What is this newspaper that you're reading? And I was like, well, it's all about movies and that kind of stuff. But yeah, and I remember the single, I miss those days. I mean, you know, the neighborhood theaters and stuff like that. Uh, you know, there was, I live uh, on Irving and Pulaski. I am uh, about a mile away from what used to be a great theater right on Irving Park called the Commodore. Um, oh, yes. Which was a great neighborhood theater. And I saw a ton of movies there, including Conan the Barbarian. I saw The Omen there in its first release and a ton of movies. That's gone. There are so many other neighborhood movie theaters that don't exist anymore. Um, you know, some of them have been refurbished and they exist, like the Davis and the Logan. They're around. And, of course, the music box is, you know, legendary and classic and still running as a single screen. The Logan is four screens. Uh, and the Davis is split up as well. So there aren't, you know, <laughs> but the music box is the only one that's still full, you know, big full uh, theater. Um, and, but you used to see those everywhere. I think people forget, uh, Mike, that... These movie palaces were located uh, within walking distance of people's homes. Like you could walk down the street to a neighborhood theater on a on a street, 
and walk into a, a theater that has a thousand seats in it. Yes, and uh, and I miss one thing with those theaters. I miss the showmanship where there would be uh, often the uh, there would be uh, stills and inserts the twelve by thirty sixes out in yeah. front. So so you saw different promotional material geared to specific movies, and you just don't see that yeah. anymore either. It really yeah. really added to the experience. Yeah, and I I grew up as you know you and I've talked about this a million times. I grew up going to the grindhouses of the seventies. I was I grew up at the State Lake and the Roosevelt, the Oriental, the McVickers, the Michael Todd, the Chicago, you know the 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 Woods, all of those theaters in the in the Loop area. That's where I, you know, saw my movies when I was a kid, and I'll never Me trade too. those experience. I'll never trade those experiences, man. They'll never. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Like I remember, the Roosevelt would 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 always show the Grindhouse movies. They would show the Chuck Norris movies. Or the incredible yeah. Melting Man, yeah. or yeah. Fantastic Invasion of Planet Earth would always be at the Roosevelt. Yeah, yeah the Roosevelt. The, yeah. That's that's where I saw the original Black Christmas was at the Roosevelt. Yes, um, yes. I saw um, Dynasty, the Kung Fu movie in 3D. I saw that at the Roosevelt. Uh, all this, all those are great. And the other one that that kind of turned into like the triple feature thing, the Oriental became like the monument to uh, <laughs> oh yeah to to trash at some point in the seventies when they just stopped cleaning the place. I remember going in there one time and there were yes. rats this, rats the size of Volkswagens in that place. It was unbelievable. But yeah. I would never trade those experiences ever. Uh, you know. And when did you start getting into working uh, in theaters? And I know you managed a bunch of theaters and 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 uh, you know started because of your interest in that. What was the first theater you ever worked in? The Pickwick Theater, and that's ah. where I met my uh, best lifelong friend, Dino Vlahakis. Yeah. And uh, and he had, and so, and that was my first theater, then moved to Golf Mill, where I was there for many years and eventually became the assistant manager to uh, Annie Stein, who's, who's a legendary figure in the uh, yeah. Chicago theatrical community. Yeah. yeah. Uh, golf in the Golf Mill, there was also right around that, uh, you could, later on, Golf Glen opened up. Uh, not very far from there, and I, I used to go to those theaters. The Norwich was the one that I went to a lot in high school because I went to high school not too far from there. Um, and and I remember when that went from two theaters to four theaters. Um, and uh, it was always weird when when new theaters were added. But uh, but anyway, but the drive-in—that's what we want to talk about because it's the 90th anniversary. So June 6th is the official date, right? Of the of the of the first drive-in opening. And where was where did that happen? That was in uh, Camden, New Jersey, and. Uh... Richard Hollingshed was the uh, gentleman who invented the concept of the drive-in, and he opened his first drive-in then, on June 6, 1933. Wow, that's amazing. 1933. I would never think that early. That, and how many – now, so that was the first drive-in, and then how long did it take before it really took off and other drive-ins started to open up around the country? I mean, you got Camden, New Jersey being the very first drive-in. How, yes. how much how much time had elapsed before other ones started to open up became, when it became popular? Yeah, well, actually, the second drive-in opened, I think, about nine months later. And that drive-in is still with us. That's the Shankweller's drive-in in uh, Pennsylvania. And, uh, and that is still with us. That's still opening. That's still open, running. And then uh, it really took off after World War II. Yeah. And... Uh, and then th- that's when it took off. And then the, the 50s is when it really exploded. Now, the, the drive-in industry during the 50s, it saved Hollywood. Hollywood went, indoor theaters were closing. There were two things that hit, that impacted indoor theaters. TV, 
Yeah. And and the consent decree, which which uh, came, which was a government ruling, and movie studios were not allowed to own their own theaters anymore. So so theaters closed up, and and it was a dark time for Hollywood. But drive-ins were came about at the same time. There and eventually there were at the peak there were over four thousand drive-ins. Wow. And the and the movie grosses from drive-ins saved Hollywood during that time. Yeah, because yeah, I, it's interesting. I know TV made a huge impact, uh, um, you know, on on it, and a lot of people thought the movie industry was going to die because of it. Um, yeah. I just saw, in fact, I just saw a documentary at the Chicago Critics Film Festival yesterday that's about the history of the moving image from the very first picture to now all the stupid shit that we see on TikTok. And it was it was a documentary called Fantastic Machine, and they do talk about. Uh, you know, that period of time when television just completely enveloped everybody. Um, and, you know, just been going to the drive-in. So the drive-in. So let's talk about some of the local drive-ins here uh, in, in, the, in the Illinois area. Um, the one that I used to go to all the time, and I went to the drive-in a lot. My parents and I went to the drive-in a ton. I mentioned the Norwich Theater. There used to be one right on Harlem and Irving. The Harlem Irving outdoor, yeah. yes. Yeah, and uh, that's one that we went to a lot, the Harlem Irving. I saw, I remember seeing, I, I can remember specifically seeing Theater of Blood there, Vincent Price. Uh, God, what else did I say? I saw frogs there. Um, a ton, I saw a ton of movies yeah. at the Harlem Irving Drive-In, which yeah. now I, I saw, believe is yeah. is an Outback Steakhouse. I think, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I <laughs> you saw. Were, you, I was saying at the Harlem Irving, I saw Burnt Offerings and The Golden Voyage of Sinbad. Yeah, and uh, yeah. Texas Classic. Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. And, uh, um, I saw. Let's see some of the other ones. Let's see. Uh, the Lincolnwood Township Mall used to be a drive-in. Uh, that was the Sunset. That's the one we went to the most. That's yeah, the one my McCormick, parents and I yeah. went to the most. Did, did you go to that one a lot? Yes. Saw Buster and Billy there. Saw oh, yeah. Sisters, <laughs> Brian Thomas, and uh, and Elvis Presley movie back in the 60s. So, yeah, I, I love the uh, the sunset right there. Me too. That was one of my favorites. And it's a red lobster now. Uh, <laughs> um, and, then, uh, and then there's, let's see, uh, the twin drive-in is probably the one that in my late teens and 20s, that's the one I went to all the Me time. Me too, yeah. And uh, that was a that was three screens, eventually three screens, yes. because it was called the Twin, but it had three screens, and it was in Wheeling, um, right by the Powaki Airport, which is of course not a, the greatest place to put up a to put up a drive-in next to an airport. Or was the drive-in there before the airport, or how'd that work out? Do we know? The airport was there first. But I remember okay. the screens had those little red lights at the top. Yeah, to keep airplanes yep. from flying into them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was one of my favorite things. You're right. It had the big blinking red light. So don't fly into the screen. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> what were some of your, uh, you remember some of the stuff you saw at the tw- It's hard for me to remember because I saw literally hundreds of movies at that drive-in. I saw, like, when I was growing up in the 60s, the Planet of the Apes really captured my imagination. It was yeah. sort of like the precursor to Star Wars yeah. and the franchise. Yeah. And so I was lucky enough to see uh, the first three Planet of the Apes, Planet of the Apes Beneath, and Escape from Planet of the Apes at the, the drive-in in 68, yeah. 70, and then 71. Yeah. And uh, so many other movies there. Yeah. Uh, There's great experiences with. So, and, so tell yeah. me about, tell me about, now you talk about showmanship and, and you know, like, and, and the, the fun of, of, of actually making it much more than just going to a movie theater. Um, that kind of stuff doesn't really exist anymore. You don't really see that anymore. Um, and, uh, and, and, and do, when, you, when you do the stuff that you do, and you guys do wonderful stuff at the Midway, and I want to get to that in a second, 
Do you see, do people respond to it? Are people like, yes, I remember this. Or when you, when little kids come up and, and they go to the drive-in to experience what it used to be like, do the kids like it? Do people are, are people having a great time? They do. Now, uh, last year at the Midway, we do an annual Dust to Dawn Horror Fest in right. September of every year. And last year we teamed up with a great guy, Matt Harding. He's with uh, Severin Films. Sure. So we, so we, we showed four classic horror movies and for with dr butcher we gave out barf bags yeah man <laughs> and, and and that was so popular everyone wanted their barf bag and yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. and and then uh and we and we did a thing where he, he again with sovereign he said everyone who stays for all four movies at the end you're going to get a sovereign films dvd so so yeah. we had the, the hugest crowd ever stay the end of the fourth movie to get their dvd so isn't that amazing so 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 that kind of showmanship and yeah getting people involved giving them something and uh it just showmanship it, it, it goes great it's a great I mean, it's great i mean you mentioned the barf bag and you know this mike and in fact you got me a uh, you got me a replacement for my barf bag um years ago the movie mark of the devil came out back in yes. the early 70s and my dad bribed the manager, <laughs> my dad bribed the manager at the McVickers. I think it was the McVickers or the Michael Todd. I'm pretty sure it was the McVickers. Bribed him to let me in because it was an unrated movie and you weren't and it's the most violent movie ever made and you weren't supposed to let me in, but I wanted a barf bag. And so my dad bribed the manager. I got in. We saw the movie. Um, it wasn't that horrifying to me. I mean, I had seen a bunch of other crazy shit at that point, but I got my barf bag. And then you guys were kind enough uh, years later because you knew the story. You were kind enough to send me, and I still have it, the barf bag that you guys got me, the Mark of the Devil official vomit bag. Yes. Yeah. That was an original printing from back in the day. It's beautiful, man. I still have it. It's fantastic. But that kind of stuff is all gone. Now, I will say this really quickly. You know, the Music Box is doing a thing in June um, where they are showing the House on Haunted Hill, and they're doing Emerjo. They're actually going to have... So it's like about a skeleton flying yeah. through the theater. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're doing the, they're yes. doing they're doing all that crazy shit at the music box. So they're kind of trying to embrace that and, and bring that back, which I think is great, and I think we should all do that. So um, midway driving, let's talk about how long have you guys owned it? Tell me about it, and uh, and and what was it about the midway that 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 was the one that you you guys uh, that you guys ended up buying? Well, through flashback, the history of that is when we it was to preserve the. Uh, big screen movie going experience. And uh, and since we opened Flashback, there's been a lot of imitators who have latched on copying, imitating our convention aspect. But the first aspect of Flashback was the film festival part of it, where every night we would present uh, on the, a, a big screen presentation. And when, actually me and I co-founded Flashback with Dean of Oaxacus at the Pickwick Theater, and we held the evening events at the Pickwicks, and, right. and and we did this so that way we figured we wanted to promote the big screen movie going experience. So we so we figured, well, if we have a convention during the day, we can bring celebrity guests in that way, and then and then in the evening we'll have them appear at the theater with their movie, right? Because it, because if you're going to show a repertory movie a classic, you need the celebrity guests there. There's really you know in any film festival setting. If you're going to show a movie, you you need someone from the movie there. That's just a whole film sure. festival aspect of it. Of course, so, of course, yeah. So, so then, uh, so we were able throughout the years, and and Bruce Campbell, God bless him, we owe so much to Bruce Campbell because yeah, uh, I had 
held the book signing event for Bruce, Bruce's first book at a theater I managed at the time and thousands of people showed up. So then, so then the next year when we had the concept for the convention, Bruce agreed to appear at our convention and yeah. him appearing there gave us attendance for, for first year convention and uh, awareness. So, so then as you remember the first year we showed Baba Hotep, Don Coscarelli yep. graciously yep. got us a 35 millimeter print yep. and and then we had Herschel Gordon Lewis there premiering his film Blood Feast 2. Right. All You Can Eat. And uh, we had so many other uh, people there that year, the and, director of, uh, so on. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you mentioned that, you know, the big screen experience and the driving experience. And then for many years, uh, when you were doing it at the Crown Plaza, and I can't remember what it was called before the Crown Plaza. Um, the Holiday Inn. That know, was it. Was the Holiday Inn. Yes. That's right. There you go. Um, well, you would uh, actually bring a giant screen, an inflatable screen, out into the parking lot and recreate the driving experience. People would bring lawn chairs and they would bring food and stuff and they would sit outside and you would screen great prints of horror movies outside to recreate that driving experience for people who had never really seen a movie outdoors before. And those were always uh, really lovely and fantastic and a lot of fun. And, and I love that you did that for many years. Yeah, and so yeah, I'm getting to the answer to your question. So yeah. then... So then we, we did that for three years at through Flashback at, at the outdoor right. movie showing. And we had two years at the Pickwick, then three years we would set up 35 millimeter, big, huge inflatable screen. And then and then we kind of made the decision where uh, we're like we're spending five figures doing these outdoor movie events. We thought, let's try to do something permanent. Let's let's purchase a drive-in ourselves. Right. So that way, so that way it's, we're not spending $10,000 renting a outdoor screen and 35 millimeter. And, and then we'll, we'll have that. And then we could have, and then we could do two things. We, uh, three things. We would be preserving the drive-in theater actually as an institution. Uh, and then we would be able to be show classic movies, uh, horror classics there. And then we would also be able to show first run movies and support the movie industry that way. So then, uh, so then in uh, in 07, me and I purchased the uh, Midway Drive-In, yeah, which was in existence at that time. We had went through a few other drive-ins. We 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 attempted to purchase the Highlight 30 Drive-In, and and we witnessed politics and government at its very very worst in yeah. uh, in, uh, in, in in Aurora where. Where the the town was rallying to save the Highlight Thirty, we came in with the financial ability to uh, to uh, save it, preserve it. But a politician had taken a donation from a land developer, and they oh, decided. And, and then and then the uh, and, and so the, the the city was 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 saying save the drive and save the drive and the politicians decided they were going to. Uh, Closed and because uh, the highlight thirty closed and that they did, so so then we decided and and me and I had, had through flashback had held actually what turned out to be the final showing at the highlight thirty and it was a dust to dawn show pieces was the final movie that ever played on the <laughs> highlight thirty driving screen and uh, uh, oh, that's great and, so uh, so then the midway became uh, uh, open and in Dixon Illinois and how 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 old is the midway how long what's the history of the midway driving. The Midway opened in August of 1950. 
Wow. And uh, and actually Bruce Campbell was there for the 70th anniversary three years ago. And again, I keep mentioning how we owe so much to Bruce Campbell uh, during the pandemic three years ago. Bruce called and uh, his agent called, I guess he's, and he had said, said, yeah, Bruce was wondering if uh, he can, if you'd like to have him come to the uh, Midway for an event. It's like, boy, would we ever, yes. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah. And, and, and that meant, and that was during the uh, height of the pandemic that first right. year. And, uh, and, and, but people were able to come and see Bruce and he's absolutely hysterical doing a Q and A and do fo outside photo ops. Yeah. And, and that meant so much to so many people. Yeah. Bruce, yeah. So well, Bruce is a, Bruce is Bruce is a yeah. great guy. I, you know, I mean, obviously I got to know him through your, through flashback and he's a, an incredible guy and, and, and loves this kind of stuff. He's a showman himself. I mean, the guy's yeah. a, the guy's a born showman and nobody really does. If you've ever, if, if you've never actually uh, been a part of a Bruce Campbell Q and a, and I've moderated a few of them, uh, no one uh, is better with the audience, especially just insulting them <laughs> better, better, better than Bruce and getting away with it. Cause people love it. People want to be made fun of by Bruce Campbell. Um, but no, and he, yeah, he's responding. It's, it's great. So, so uh, mid, the midway drive, and it's, you know, you mentioned the, the, the pandemic that had to be, that, that was a rough time for, for movie theaters uh, everywhere uh, for businesses everywhere, but particularly movie theaters and drive-ins, you know, they really kind of flourished at that time, right? I mean, it was, it was like, if people want to go out, they don't want to be inside. They can kind of safely be in their own car and, you know, social distance and stuff. How was it navigating COVID for you um, at the Midway? Well, uh, it was, you know, we're face masks everywhere. And, uh, and we just did certain aspects of hiring a janitor service to clean the restrooms continually and having staff members at the doors to regulate the people going into the restrooms, but, uh, but for, uh, and, and there were no first run movies being released at the time. So we showed classics and, and it's, it was amazing how we, it became this and inadvertently we we're showing movies from the seventies and actually mostly the eighties. And so it be, for me, it became this film fest of great cinematography where because all these movies were shot on film with with uh, directors of photography like Dean Cundy and such who and um, Michael Chapman and uh, yeah and 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 so these 80s movies there'd be scenes at night but they would be very well lit and you could see everything clearly on the screen and these days many modern movies tone down the light for some reason that they like a dark look but yeah. but but here if people were saying god the qualities of these movies it was it was so much better then because you'd see like lost boys with the beautiful lighting by michael chapman yeah. or you'd see uh watch jurassic park with the dp dean cundy and yeah. there'd be night scenes with the dinosaurs but everything was very clear yeah. and lit yeah. lit for night it's not like they just turned down the uh the lighting and post so yeah and uh and we, and we played so many you know the goonies uh back to the future et and yeah. uh and it was uh willie no, walker chocolate factory you know now it you, did, did now, very well so you're in charge of the website authentic which we mentioned uh already and you're celebrating the actual uh, uh, anniversary is on June 6th. But you've been doing some promotions and stuff. And uh, you mentioned during during COVID, in June of 2020, you sort of are responsible for the most successful promotion. And where you're actually the authentic drive-in. How many drive-ins uh, are part of this group? 
Okay, over over half of the drive-ins in the country are are a part of UDATOA, which is the United Drive-In Theaters Owners Association, mm -hmm. which is a great trade organization, non-for-profit, that's just to help drive-in owners and to preserve the uh, the uh, the drive-in industry. And, and, and for any drive-in owners who are out there, who are not a member of UDATOA, I, I ask you, please join. We, we, we need you. You may not need us, but we need you. We're stronger together than, than apart. So, so any driving out there, please join our organization. It is, it is just great because, because we have weekly phone calls with the other drive-ins and, uh, and if, if a problem arises, we are, we are on it. Uh, our, yeah. the, the president of Udato is John Vincent, great guy who has great ties to all the levels of, uh, of the movie industry. Right. And so, so, so well, if, if people up, are interested, yeah. John, you can join up. The website is U D I T O A, Udatoa, U D I T O A, dot org. Dot org, yes. Right, yes. So, but I just want to make sure I spell it out for people U D I T O A dot org, uh, if you are interested. And, and, uh, but, but a promotion, I want to talk about a promotion that you came up with an idea in June of 2020. Um, and you said, hey, it's the 45th anniversary of Jaws. Why don't we show Jaws on the big screen? Uh, and 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 that turned out to be a significant, a huge success. And you double featured it with Jurassic Park. These are two of the biggest movies ever made, two of the biggest hits that Steven Spielberg ever had. And you actually made a significant uh, chunk of. They made a significant, a huge chunk of money added to the already massive box office for both of those movies, and it was a huge success. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, well, it's funny when I'm home. Sometimes I say, "Me, I have an idea," and me, I was like, "Oh my god." She braces herself. She's like, how much right. work is this going to cost right. us? How much money is it going to cost us? Are we going to, going to have to second mortgage our home again for this idea? <laughs> right. Which has happened. So oh, she, man. So then, so then this idea was, I said, well, you know, uh, let's show to the drive the movie industry what the power of drive-ins, that, that we're just not scattered drive-ins here or there. But if you add us up together, we're 300, one of the largest uh, – chains in the country if you if you look at its location number so then i said let's all play jaws as many drive-ins as we can play jaws in uh in that uh, that weekend i believe it was june 19th 20th and 21st was the weekend because mm -hmm. june 20th i believe is the uh anniversary of when jaws opened back in 1975 yes so, so then the anniversary would have been on that saturday and and I, and I said we'll, we'll all play Jaws, and then let's push. Let's try to. I think we'll play. I think we can get Jaws to the within, definitely the top. The, let, let's go for number one. Let, let's put Jaws back on the number one slot again, and then people will recognize Drive-ins did this, so yeah. we did. And uh, and most Drive-ins play Jurassic Park with it, because they were both from Universal and yep. and, and they fit both Spielberg. Yeah. And when the grosses came back. Actually, Jurassic Park was number one, and I think a thousand dollars separated between Jaws because there were. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, because there were just other variations. Someone else played Jurassic Park, and yeah. but uh, and and there were some indoors open then, but if you look at the grosses, they were doing like three hundred dollars a weekend. Just no one was going to the indoors. Right. But right. but as drive-ins, we were doing like ten, fifteen. Some yeah. drive-ins did ten, fifteen thousand dollars that weekend with, uh, or more with with Jaws and Jurassic Park. So, so then I, I emailed you some links, and anyone out there, just Google Jurassic 
Park and Jaws number one, yeah. June 2020. You, you will see the trade articles, how, how, and we put them back on number one and two, and put Steel of Steven Spielberg back into the news. And, 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 uh, yeah. we, we drive ins did that ourselves. Yeah. And, uh, and I worked with drive-ins across the country, but uh, there was a day I had. So, so I, I added half a million dollars to the gross to Jaws and Jurassic Park. Look at that. And that Mike is responsible for that idea. All right. And you didn't have to mortgage the house to do it. So that, that, no, that's, no. That's, that's very, very good. And uh, one of the things that I love about the Flashback Weekend is that, you know, all, you know this, is a, this is a grassroots convention. I've been to other conventions, as you know. Uh, a lot of other conventions, whether they're sci-fi or comic book or horror, are run by big corporations. It's just you guys. It's you, you and your, you, you know, you and your family uh, run it, and you do it in order to raise money to keep the drive-in open. So everything that you do at Flashback Convention, and you put on the best, as far as I'm concerned, it's the best horror convention in the country. There's no question about it. I wouldn't have been a part of it for 20 years <laughs> if it, if it wasn't great, and it is great. Uh, but all of the money that goes into um, to, to, to flashback goes right back into trying to, to keeping the experience of the drive-in open. I know that's important to you guys, correct? It is, yes. And uh, because after the incident at Highlight 30, which was, and uh, we said, well, we, we have to save a drive-in theater ourselves. We're going to buy the property it sits on yeah. and preserve it. A lot like in Silent Running, when Bruce Stern's character saves a one forest he, and, and and yeah and at least so we said we we're gonna we we're gonna at least save make sure one drive-in is saved and preserved and yeah. uh, luckily there are 300 other drive-ins across the country yeah. as well and and uh where can people follow along if they if they go to the website for authentic drive-ins so authentic drive-ins.com is the website right and they can follow uh yes. what's happening at the drive-ins and tell me a little bit about some of the stuff that's happening for the 90th anniversary i know i would imagine that on june 6th the actual anniversary some stuff is going to happen and throughout this coming season this year right now that we're in for the 90th anniversary what are some of the things that drive-ins are going to yeah. be doing okay well yeah authentic drive-ins which you mentioned that came about as there was another idea concept i had and i took it to Udotoa. i said let's create a website that drive-in theater owners control so that way we are we, we it's it speaks to our community ourselves and uh because there's been other driving sites but not by drive owned by created by driving owners right, so right so worked with the uh, utatoa the, the members and we uh created authentic com, and it's a listing of the uh drive-ins across the country that are a member of the uh, utatoa and uh and and we're just we're across the country and and there's if you're going to laptop there's a map where you can see how many of our drive-ins are in each uh, state and uh, and we have some other features we and if you, if you, just, if you go to website thunderdrivers.com we we advertise the new first run movies that are playing at drive-ins and we have a news update section uh, and uh, and I myself wrote an article on it the history of the uh, the drive-in so right so, so, so if anyone out there, if you want to click on that history part at the top, you can read an article that I wrote for, for my history as a fan and then as a uh, driving owner. Right. And, it's a great, uh, it's a great article. Uh, and you can, you can definitely, you can check it out at uh, authenticdrivens.com. Uh, and uh, are you got, you guys are doing your dust till dawn, obviously in, in September. Yes. And, uh, and we're working on some other special events for June 6th that we hope to be able to announce soon. And we're doing something really big that we're very, very excited for. 
very, very excited for me and I've been, and the members of UDATOA have been working on it for uh, months for the discussion stage. And then, and then in the last week, something very exciting has been happening. So, uh, so uh, on June 6th, I will let you know, so you can mention it on your, on your podcast on June 6th. Okay. All right. All right. So we'll, we'll keep you in suspense till then. But it's the 90th anniversary yes. of the drive-in, and you guys are open. You're you're open right now, and uh, today is Friday, and you are holding over uh, the Gardens of the Galaxy Volume Three with uh, Ant Man, uh, the big Marvel double feature. Um, and then what what are some of the other titles that you guys are going to be playing uh, coming up in the coming weeks? In the coming weeks, we'll be showing uh, Little Mermaid Memorial mm-hmm. Day weekend, mm-hmm. and uh, and then. Elemental, the one of the first real Disney Pixar movies to play in theaters, animated for uh, for some time, yeah. and then uh, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny at oh, the end yeah. of June. That'll be huge. That'll be huge. Yeah. And there are uh, many other. Oh, and uh, and in working with the studios, uh, we we've received a great response. And in fact, uh, Universal, uh, we were we were meeting with them about ways. They, we can, they can help us celebrate the 90th anniversary. And they created a special Fast X trailer, which right. at the end of it uh, pays tribute and congratulates Drive-Ins on their 90th anniversary. Yeah, so, I saw that so. I saw that trailer. And Fast X comes out at the end of the month as well. Um, so Or the middle of the month, or the 19th. I don't know what day it comes out, but it comes out. I'm seeing it soon. <laughs> That's how yeah. I, I get confused when movies come out now because I'm back seeing screenings and stuff. So I'm like, I don't know when that opens. I just saw it. So, so, but anyway, so that fast X is embracing the world of the drive-in. The drive-ins are open. Keep track of them. Uh, and the celebration begins on June 6th. It's the actual 90th anniversary this year of the drive-ins. Check out AuthenticDriveIns.com and TheMidwayDriveIn.net, uh, which is in Dixon, Illinois, for all the other things. Now, really quickly, I want to mention Flashback before we let you go. Flashback Weekend, it's the 20, Flashback Weekend can now drink legally, Mike. Yes, we are 21 this year. <laughs> right, right. Yes. So, uh, you can now drink legally. And I have to say, as you know, and I and I'm, I was thrilled that you've asked me from the very beginning to be a part of it. And I am uh, I like to run around and help out. And, uh, you know, and I and I introduce screenings and I introduce this and I do Q&A's and I moderate things. And I in general, me and Steve Procopi and everybody else, uh, we run around with our with the whole staff. Uh, like our like a bunch of chickens with our heads cut off for the entire weekend, but it's always yeah. fun, and um and you got a great lineup this year. Yes. Oh, uh, going back one second, and then we'll get yeah. to the lineup. We had to ask you, Nick. We had to because when me and I were dating back in summer of nineteen ninety four, took her to see one of your plays at the uh, Factory Theater. Oh yeah, alive, and uh, <laughs> that was such a fun time. So uh, well, so I like were, to I like to think so I'm you respond- enabled I'm, our yeah. yes. I like to think I'm responsible for your marriage. That's what I like to think. Uh, you guys, came, <laughs> one of your first dates was seeing a play that I wrote and appeared in called The Live, and I appreciate that. You know, and, I, and you and I go back before, even before that, um, and, uh, and, it's, and it's great. But I'll tell you something. The flashback weekend just gets better and better, and I'll tell you, I didn't know what to do, my, do with myself the year I missed it. I, was, I, I kept looking at my phone and being really sad and seeing all the yeah, pictures. Yeah, I, missed you. I was, I, I was going to call you and say, Nick, you've got to come here and meet Meatloaf, man. Even if you don't <laughs> come to the event, right, just, right. just do that because he was so wonderful, yeah, such an yeah. amazing man. Yeah, one of, one, of Matt, uh, one of Meatloaf's last appearances was at uh, Flashback Convention. But this year, I want to mention it. And again, uh, flashbackweekend.com, flashbackweekend.com. I plug it all the time, Mike. I talk about it all the time. 
It, for me, it's the highlight. It's the best uh, horror convention. You, you have great events at night. You have uh, great screenings, incredible celebrity guests, uh, an incredible giant vendor's room. Sven Gulli Rich always shows up, uh, and he's coming this year. Uh, there's a great costume contest that Rich is a part of uh, that he is the, you know, he, he's the host of, and it's awesome. Uh, and it's just a great weekend all the way around. It's the highlight of my year. And this year, some incredible reunions are happening. you got a Scream reunion, you got a Terrifier and Terrifier 2 reunion, and you got a John Carpenter's Christine reunion, uh, and some other great events, including a concert by Alan Howarth. Uh, Alan Howarth, who collaborated with John Carpenter on a bunch of scores, um, and he's going to be doing a fully immersive concert uh, on, on Friday night, correct? Yeah, and that's just amazing. Uh, as you were mentioning, he co-composed with John Carpenter many of the classic titles that you just mentioned. And so he will be on stage in concert with his keyboard in front of him live. And then behind him is projected film clips, images from the movies. Yeah. So so imagine him playing the scene from, from New York and with right. Kurt Russell and Snake Plissken. Yeah. running down the bridge and, and those scenes. And uh, yeah. so uh, it's, it's, it's going to be great. That's yeah. on, that's on Saturday. Actually, I, I misspoke. It's Saturday, August 5th, uh, 2023. Hey, and uh, we, oh, oh, we got a, something going on in the background there that we can turn off. <laughs> there we go. Oh, oh, okay. All right. Okay. Sure, yes. okay. All right. Uh, and then, uh, so we've got the, the, the Halloween, um, you know, a couple of Halloween two people, are going to be uh, are going to be there the great Dick Warlock and uh, and Lance Guest and Leo Rossi one of my favorite <laughs> character actors of all time I love Leo I that I got so excited when I saw that Leo Rossi was coming I was beside myself oh yeah there's going to be a blast having yeah. him there yeah, yeah. And, uh, and and, and uh, yeah and uh, Rose uh, Rose Rose McGowan who uh, you know doesn't come to a lot of conventions she's coming along with Skeet Ulrich. Uh, and Jamie Kennedy and Lee Waddell and that's your big scream reunion yes. Yeah, those uh, the big on Ulrich is so popular, and Rose like the Rose McGowan yeah, is, yeah. is amazing. The film credits and and Zoom, our, and, and, the, and the Doom Generation, which is just restored yeah, and yeah, yeah, just restored and and of course, you know, like all of this stuff is happening. There will be more events to be announced and all kinds of cool stuff. The Alan Howarth concert is a, is is a go. There are parties throughout the beautiful Hyatt Regency, which is now the third year you've done it at the Hyatt Regency, and. Last year was my first year at the convention at the Hyatt, and it was fantastic. Uh, just, I mean, so big and so beautiful. And I used to go there. You know this, Mike. I used to go there years ago for the for the Beetlefest convention. Me and, too. Uh, yes. And um, and so and 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 uh, to to close it out, um, and everybody can get all the, they can get their tickets around sale now. You have single tickets now available or, or, or are available yes. now? Okay. The weekend and single day tickets are now available for sale at uh, flashbackweekend.com. Okay, and it's August 4th through the 6th at the Hyatt Regency O'Hare. But I do want to close out on this. We've been talking about drive-ins. Please check out AuthenticDriveIns.com. Get to the Midway Drive-In in Dixon and see movies out there because Mike and Mia give you a great experience. But Joe Bob Briggs and Darcy the Mail Girl are going to be at Flashback Convention on, and appropriately enough, the 90th anniversary of the drive-in. So tell me about uh, Joe Bob is going to be there, and he's been there a couple of times, right? Yes, he was there in 2004 when we had our first – uh, outdoor movie showing in the evening. And so he introduced the the movies. He introduced George Romero's Day of the Dead. And, yeah. and he, he delivered the uh, the drive-in oath yep. to everyone before yep. the movies. And uh, so it is going to be great having him at Flashback this year. So. And it's and it's just amazing how his, uh, his, his, his new show is back. And when it first came on the last drive-in with Joe Bob Briggs on Shudder, when that first 
showed as a special. It basically it melted the internet. It did. People were so, it was so popular, it and did, so yeah. So it's great seeing him back he's, with another he, show. He's an incredible guy and a really cool guy. And Darcy is is awesome too. And they're going to be together and uh, as part of the big flashback weekend. Uh, horror convention celebrating the 90th anniversary of the drive-in well everybody should check out authenticdrivings.com to keep track of what's happening june 6th is the birthday the actual birthday of the drive-in uh 90 years old and the midway drive-in is up and running throughout the summer and you'll announce uh, some special events that are happening on june 6th uh in honor of the drive-in's uh, birthday and you'll have your dust till dawn uh horror uh, uh, marathon that'll be coming up in September, but you'll more details to come on that. And check out the midwaydrivein.net. Uh, Mike, what you do for uh, for you know theaters and what you do for for uh, for the drive-ins and what you and your family and you and Mia do is really important. And as someone who is around the same age as you and who grew up going to the big movie theaters and seeing the real experiences, you know, along with all the grandeur. And, you know, the wonderful use of publicity and stuff like that. I love what you guys do, and you know that. And, um, and, and I appreciate being a part of it, a small part of it at Flashback every year. And, and if that keeps drive-ins going, then that's awesome. And I appreciate you, you, you talking to us today. Well, thank you so much, Nick. I want two other things to the uh, – Yeah. Just for anyone who's never been to a drive-in before, just to describe it, it's a wonderful, magical experience. Arriving early, and uh, most drive-ins show double features – so you arrive early with your friends, family, your loved ones, and as you're waiting for the uh, the movie, is for it to get dark so the movie can start, it's a great sense of collective, of uh, anticipation from the whole crowd. And the concession stand being open is just adds another great sense of Americana to it. Yeah. And then when the movie starts, we play the national anthem and play two movies. And it's just an amazing and I've managed indoor theaters as well as uh, owning the outdoor. And I can say that when people go to an indoor movie theater, everyone is so nice and so friendly, so helpful, helping each other out. And it's, it's just, a, it's like all your worries checked at the door. Yeah. And it's, it's this amazing, beautiful sense that you don't always get at an indoor theater because, right. because indoor, you, you go in, you leave, but as driving, it's a whole an all-night experience for just right. one admission ticket right yeah absolutely and, right. and our website is uh the midway drive-in.net right oh and i want to say one other thing about flashback we'll talk about later but uh it's it's just not an attention experience it's a uh, social scene where where you arrive and the hyatt regency has so many amenities and and uh things and it's really a luxurious it's like a weekend at a at a luxury hotel and it is it's yeah. a social scene and uh yep. and and last year did you have a chance to go up to the uh, revolving bar I did. upstairs yeah i did i hung is, out is i hung it... I, I hung out with the manson brothers up there <laughs> so I, yeah. I was i had a very good time <laughs> yes so so like literally just right glass elevators up and then it's uh you have a great 360 degree view so so it's an all-day experience it is and, it uh, is and a lot of people go and I, you know, just, when I, when yeah. I go, when I go, Mike, every year, I always see people that I don't, you know, that I don't get to see in any other time of year. So it's a beautiful like reunion and we get to hang out and talk. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's a social experience. And the thing about it is that the horror community is the coolest community on the planet. And I'm saying that without hesitation. Um, they are the most accepting. They're the most lovely. And, you know, 
Uh, the cosplay is great. The costumes are amazing. The way people are, everybody is there to have a great time and celebrate their first love, which is horror. And it's a, it's wonder. It's the, like I said, Mike. It's my favorite weekend of the year. There's no question about it. And uh, and and the fact that you're having so many great uh, events and so in such a great lineup, and it all goes to help to keep uh, the Midway Drive-in open. It's a great cause and and a great a great time. So the MidwayDriveIn.net. Check that out and FlashbackWeekend.com. August fourth through the sixth at the beautiful Hyatt Regency O'Hare. And uh, I will talk to you before then, but I'll definitely see you uh, in August, uh, Mike. And have fun at the drive-in. And on June 6th, let me know what's happening, and I will talk about it uh, a lot here on the podcast. Cool? We will. Thank you, Nick. Okay. Talk all to right, you Mike. soon, buddy. Take care, buddy. All right, there Thanks. you go. That's, uh, all right, there's Mike, uh, Mike Kurz and his wife, Mia, and the Kurz family. They run the Midway Drive-In in Dixon, Illinois. 90th anniversary of the Drive-In Theater. Man, I feel old. So check it out, themidwaydrivein.net and authenticdriveins.com. All right. Uh, you know who else is authentic? Esmeralda Leon. Esmeralda. Yeah. Esmeralda Leon. Yeah. Esma. I'm talking about that Esma. Esmeralda Leon. Yeah. Esmeralda. Yeah, yeah. Esmeralda Leon. Yeah. Esmeralda Esmeralda Leon is here. She is uh, every episode of the Nick T podcast here. And uh, let's say hello to Esmeralda. Hi, Esmeralda. Hello. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm all right. You got uh, anything planned for the weekend? Uh, Not the weekend, the weekday. Ah, That's right. (laughs) You're going to Vegas. I am, yeah. And what is the reason for this? Just just for shits and giggles? Uh we have I have a friend who lives in Vegas. So oh. we're gonna go visit. And then Colin's never been, so Oh my god. Good of time as any to go. Okay. All right. Um You have, wow, I couldn't imagine living in Vegas. Did they live outside of Vegas in the desert or did they live they actually live in Vegas proper? Um I'm not sure exactly. I mean, they don't live on the strip or anything. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. Well, I mean, how far have you been? Have you visited them before, correct? Yeah, but it's been it's been some years now. No. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, uh, we're going to talk about Vegas and uh, I, I, uh, some of the classic uh, ridiculous headliners in Vegas history. Some of the, you know, when you think Vegas entertainer. Oh, know, yeah. You think fantastic shows. But I also I want to talk a little bit about what you can see while you're there. If you've got four grand, you can probably go to a couple of shows. <laughs> so, uh, of so that's course. we got a magic megaphone uh, message uh, that we're going to get to. This is actually from someone in Jefferson Park, our oh. kind of neck of the woods. Uh, I'm a little bit closer to Jeff Park than you are, but we're, you know, northwest side. Um, and uh, I'll play that back. And then, uh, uh, yeah, and we'll jump into some Vegas stuff as well. Uh, we were just talking with uh, Mike Kurz about the it's the 90th anniversary of the drive in movie theater. Mm-hmm. 90 years. Um, that's did, that's a long time. Did you go to a drive-in ever when you were a kid? When you and your your, your brother and your family? No, parents? unfortunately, we never did. Have you never been to a drive-in ever? Um, no, never have. I think wow. there is one or was one in Joliet a while ago. Um, but yeah, we never went. Wow. Okay, it's a it's it's a fantastic experience. You should go out to uh, to to Mike and Mia's drive-in the the uh, the Midway. 
you know, they've got so many really cool things planned, and they're open all weekend, you know, all summer long. And uh, oh yeah, yeah. So and flashback weekend, we talked about flashback weekend as well, which you will be at when we uh, do mm-hmm. another version. We'll do another version of the Nick D podcast live at flashback. So much fun last year when oh, we yeah. uh, talked with PJ Souls from Halloween. Yeah, um, was, that was so much fun. It was great, and I'm not. I'm not sure. Uh, I have a. I have a feeling to who our guest is going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not going to announce it yet. We're still, you know, it's okay. only it's only May and it's in August, and we want to build up the yeah. suspense a little bit. So, but uh, <laughs> a, but the, but that's the, a huge chunk of time. It is, but the <laughs> the guests that are going to be there so far are, are amazing, and um, yeah, you'll get to Esmeralda. Uh, uh, you'll get to take pictures with Christine. The car, the actual car, is going to be there from the that's movie. Christine. Very exciting. Uh, and that's stars, all I want to know about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the stars of Christine are going to be there. There's going to be a big reunion of that. There's a big reunion of the movie Terrifier, the Terrifier movie with the with the clown, Art the Clown killing people. Mm-hmm. So there's a whole Art the Clown's going to be there, and a whole bunch of people from Terrifier. There is a Scream reunion. Rose McGowan is going to be there. She's also in Charmed. Um, very cool. Very Holly cool. Marie Combs, by the way, Holly Marie Combs from Charmed is also going to be there. That makes me very Ooh. happy. Yeah, I love I loved Charmed. Of course, I did. It was a WB show. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Of course I loved it. So anyway, it's going to be fun. Uh, but yeah, drive-ins, man, they're so much fun. And, you know, it's hard to believe it's been 90 years. And we had a great time talking with Mike about that. So uh, that's all coming up. But Vegas, man, you know. Uh, so Colin's never been to Vegas. He has not, no. Yeah. Uh, what, now, how many times have you been there? Just once. Just the one time. Was it? Yeah. Did you, did you enjoy it or? Um, it was fine. I went for too long. I was there a week. Oh man. It was yeah. not, it was too much time. <laughs> uh, one of my best friends, my friend Scott Oaken, uh, his honeymoon was in Vegas, not Nicholas mm-hmm. Cage and Sarah Jessica Parker with Elvis impersonators, a different honeymoon in Vegas, but they did have a honeymoon right. in Vegas. They were there for two weeks. Uh, can you imagine? Oh, like, can you to imagine? To do what? I don't. <laughs> there was a lot of drinking. At one point it just became about drinking. It was like, well, fuck, what are we doing yeah. here? It's 100 degrees outside. How many times, you know, can you see Blue Man Group, you know, or whatever? Or Yeah, and so, then what? when was this? Like, what? 95? Did he get married? Yeah, 95. 1995. Right, so, and, like, at that time, is was it as built up as it is now no, in the sense not, of activities? Yeah, I mean, not but not to the extent that it is now. Now it's fucking insane. But, but it was yeah. still Vegas, you know? But it still had that kind of... One of the things about it was that the everybody now calls it old Vegas because the old strip mm-hmm. is still kind of there. You can still see some of the remnants of when Vegas was really like tacky Vegas seventies yeah. and sixties and fifties yeah. Vegas. Uh, it's still kind of there, but it's and that of course is like what they call oh that's the kind of the rough part of town. Get the fuck you're in a desert, <laughs> rough part of yeah. town. Um, but yeah, now I can't imagine spending more than three days there. You guys are there for how long? Three days? Uh, yeah, about. About three, four yeah. days. See, that's the perfect. That's perfect. It's yeah. I we were there a week. I, I remember back imagine. many years ago. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, at a certain point, you're just like, <sighs> I'm not a big gambler, so yeah. right, yeah, you gamble a little bit, and then the fun is kind of over with that. <laughs> yeah. You know. Um, yeah. Went to go see the Grand Canyon. Which oh, is well, that's neat. Beautiful. But then yeah. that's kind of... Did you go to the Hoover Dam? <laughs> uh, no. Oh, you should go to the Hoover Dam yeah, while you're no, out there. thank you. Oh, you should. I'm it's fine. cool. It's, it's just cool. a big thing of water. Oh, no, we it's cool. We drove by it. It's, it's cool fine. as hell. It's cool <laughs> as hell. And it also is one of the one of the greatest uh, scenes in film history takes place there in Lost in America. 
where uh, Albert Brooks and, and uh, Julie Hag- by the way, Vegas, you know, I mean, that to me, that's, I would go to the gold, you know, I mean, I would go to the Desert Inn, any place that they did that, I'd go to the chapel where they were going to get married in Lost in America. That's the only, that's the only thing I do. <laughs> right. Uh, but the Hoover Dam is when they get out of the Winnebago after she's lost the nest egg at the, uh, you know, when she blows all the money and Vegas loses mm-hmm. all the money. And they end up at the, at the Hoover Dam and they walk out and they're looking at the dam and the camera kind of goes over and you look at the, the magnificence of the dam, you know what I mean? Like beautiful. And the voiceover of Albert Brooks is, nice damn, huh? You want to go first or should I? After they lost all their money. <laughs> it's one of my favorite moments in film history. Nice damn, huh? You want to go first or should I? <laughs> so anyway. All right. Well, I, we've got some uh, acts that you can see. Mm-hmm. And then we'll reminisce a little bit about old Vegas, man. And let me know when you go, when you get back. Because we'll talk about it on the podcast, what you guys did and stuff. Mm-hmm. And clearly we have to talk about how, you know, I, I, I need you to run down at the temperatures at like 4 p.m. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, uh, right. Yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah. Let me know what it was. <laughs> <laughs> text me at some point at like 4 p.m. or something, you know, in the middle of the afternoon and text me what the temperature is and I'll just go kill me. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so, but the classic Vegas acts, we'll go through some of those too. Oh, wait a minute. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. Oh, Carrie, Carrie's holding a sign that says that I love Vegas. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and oh. I love Nick's show. Yeah, apparently Carrie's uh, been in, been to Vegas before, so she enjoys. She's wishing you a good good time. Very nice. Did she you make need, a T-shirt as she well? She did. She said, uh, it, yes, it says, Esma Vegas 2023. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's the tour, the Esma tour. It's quite the nice. Es- the Esma Vegas tour 2023. Exciting. Ooh, yeah. 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 All right. All right. You know who's not going to be there? And gentlemen, Michael Bolton. So, all right. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Where does he play now? Bolton, Bolton can still headline everywhere, right? You know? He, yeah, we talked about uh, his tour. Well, Remember let we me check his to... tour. Yeah, we, were, we talked about going, to, uh, going on the road across the sea. To see uh, Bolton. Well, he's going to be um, at an all-inclusive in mm-hmm. Jamaica on the 27th of May. That's right. And m- remember, we've got to go. <laughs> hmm He's playing an arena in Mexico City. He's playing... Yeah, it sounds like he's not doing bad. No, he's he's good, man. He's like... Ow! Yeah, he's good. All right. Uh, well. He's playing some, some shell... At a park in San Diego. I'm sorry. But I'm sorry. In when September you... <laughs> 30, he's playing in the Hollywood Bowl. See, now that's that's yeah. That Bolton is still so. he's still the man. He's still and and I and I understand that Steven Seagal is touring with him, so he can do this. Gentlemen, Michael Bolton. Right. I mean, somebody's got to introduce him. Yeah. Wow, the Hollywood Bowl. Holy cow! Good for him, Michael Bolton, man. All right. Well, anyway, we'll we'll get to see him uh, at some point. When he well, yeah, because we're following him. We are, yeah. <laughs> in a Winnebago, and we can stop at the at the Hoover Dam. Yeah, somehow. Yeah. I don't know how that'll work because yeah. you know Jamaica. Uh... <laughs> it's not not very close. <laughs> right, and then he's going to Portugal, Spain, Italy. Right. We have apparently, I think, a magic school bus esque Winnebago. Right, that will jump over the the ocean. Oh yeah, no, no, no. We've we're you know we've got magic on our side. That's, uh, yes. that's it. So, um, so uh, you know the magic megaphone, which you love. It's the um, it's it's it's. I throw it out there. Uh, you can call at seven seven three four one seven six nine four eight, or you can leave your messages at nickdpodcast at gmail dot com. 
and the magic megaphone is when I speak into a megaphone or play a clip from a megaphone, anything that you want me to say into the megaphone, any message that you want, a joke, an insight, you know, a, a, some sort of thing that you want to you know, communicate with somebody, blah, 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 goes through the magic megaphone out into the ether and it's magic. And we get a request every episode. So D is her name, D-E-E, D, mm-hmm. uh, from Jefferson Park. And she wanted me to play this. Now, I think you're going to recognize this. Unless, unless, it might be a little, because it was hard. I tried to record this like three or four times, and it never sounded completely clear. Mm-hmm. Because it's just so weird anyway. So it might take a couple times. But listen closely, uh, Esmeralda, because I think you're going to recognize this. I think you'll recognize this pretty close. So listen closely. It might take a couple of plays, okay? Okay. So here's your magic megaphone requested by D in Jefferson Park, and you can be that request D as well. All right, here we go. What the fuck? Okay, here we go. So does that you hear? So do you, do you do you hear it? Um. Yeah, I'm not sure what they're. Are they hitting a gong? No, they're getting. Well, they're getting. This is the end of somebody getting beaten up behind a wall. Oh, goodness. And then the head pops out from the behind the wall and says this. Does that, does that, can you understand what they're saying? No. They're saying, don't you believe it. Ah, okay. That's from Tom and Jerry. Do you remember that episode? Uh, no. Oh, The cartoon? Okay. Yeah, Tom and Jerry cartoon. Yeah. No, I do oh, okay. not. Okay, well, Tom and Jerry, you, did you not watch Tom and Jerry when you were growing up? I did, but, you know, there's a lot of episodes. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a kind of a legendary episode. It's where uh, Tom gets his ass kicked by the mouse, and after reading it, mm-hmm. reading something that mice will not fight back, he read mm. something in a book, and it said, mice will not fight back, so he goes behind the counter, and then he gets his ass kicked, and, he's, and he sticks his head out, and he's got a black eye, Yeah, and he goes, don't you believe it. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's what he says right here. Because <laughs> he read in the book that mice will not fight back. Right. <laughs> Don't you believe it. And that's Dee's favorite moment from uh, from Tom and Jerry. Got where, it. Yeah. Don't you believe it. So, and, uh, you know, of course, and of course, you, you, you got to love the, uh, the, the, the short where he sings, is you is or is you ain't my baby. You remember that? Where <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How about you remember the castor oil? Uh, no. When they, oh, no. They can't, when the little girl is like pretending that uh, Tom and Jerry are her dolls. Mm Mm-hmm. And she punishes them. Because in the old days, if you were bad, your your parents would make you take a spoonful of castor oil and and you would vomit. Right. That was a a punishment. Well, in this episode, uh, the the little girl, who you never see. Because you remember how like in Tom and Jerry, you never really saw the people. You just saw their feet. You know, like like the offensive stereotypical black maid that they had. You know, mm-hmm. you would just hear her feet and, and hear her voice or see her feet. Well, the little, the little girl was, it was like a, a little girl playing with her dolls, and she had Tom tied to a high chair. You have been bad, so now it is time for the castor oil. And you see her pour a big spoonful of castor oil. Mm, gosh. And then she sticks it. She, like, pulls Tom's tail. He goes, ah! Because, you know, and he opens his mouth, and she jams the spoonful of castor oil down his throat. And then, like, he, he goes, and he runs to the window and starts puking. 
And while he's puking, while he's puking, Jerry is standing on the floor underneath the uh, high chair, laughing his ass off. They're playing that, you know, that sound effect of him laughing. Mm-hmm. And as he's laughing, the castor oil tips over, and about a gallon pours into Jerry's throat. That's some karma for you. And the ending of the episode is them both puking out the window. That's the end. Of the <laughs> it is time for the castor oil. And they're both puking. Out. But like the if you go back and watch that, when I watched Tom and Jerry when I was a kid, I watched it after school every day. And um, mm. and uh, the but when the because because I always thought that Jerry was a jag off. You know what I mean? You're always, I was always rooting for Tom to kill him. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, like I'm always rooting for the, the I'm always rooting for Wiley Coyote to kill the Roadrunner. Like I always wanted to catch the Roadrunner and fucking kill him and eat him. That's that's mm-hmm. that's what I wanted to do. And that's the beauty. I would of be that. curious, like when when he does catch him, what does he eventually do? Would he not oh, know what to do with himself? No. Yeah, barbecue <laughs> barbecue his ass and eat. That's what he would do. <laughs> but. Uh, but anyway, so at the at the end of that episode, when the when the castor oil falls over, mm-hmm. it literally is like seven gallons goes down Jerry's throat, like and then he almost drowns. <laughs> Good like, lord! Like, it's ridiculous. And then the the final image is them hanging out the window puking. That's the final the final image of that. Episode. So uh, and then of course this is this moment right here is a classic one. Don't you believe it? So anyway, all right, D. D likes uh, Tom and Jerry. She's in Jefferson Park. Very nice. Park. While you're in Jefferson Park, why don't you go to the Gale Street Inn? GaleStreet.com. <laughs> the greatest restaurant on the planet. Who, by the way, are providing some uh, gift cards to give away for our gig on Tuesday, which you will be in Vegas um, seeing uh, all kinds of acts. Yes. But, yeah. <laughs> but we've got uh, gift cards from uh, Gale Street to give away. Uh, Amy Guth will be sitting in for you. Jim Flanagan will be there. And we've got, uh, by the way, we've got half-price tickets on sale if you want to get them. Tuesday night, May 16th, this Tuesday, Zanies, uh, rosemont.zanies.com, Nick D Podcast Live. Use the uh, code PODCAST, P-O-D-C-A-S-T, one word, PODCAST, all caps, and you get into half-price tickets. So there you go. Very nice. All right, Vegas. Now, how old were you the last time you were there? Were you were you a kid or were you an adult? Were you? No, I was an adult. Um, I, I was actually visiting the same friend. I see. Um, in twenty ten. Oh wow! Okay, so thirteen years ago. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, yeah, I, I guess Vegas has gotten even flat because I think every year it gets flashier and crazier. And, oh yeah, I believe know. it. Yeah. Or, or don't you believe it? <laughs> so, um, all right. Well, if you're there, let me just run down some of the big acts that you can see that are that are just killing it in Vegas. You know, it seems like everybody is doing a Vegas residency now, you know? Oh, yeah. Everybody and their mom has uh, yeah. figured out that it's that it's cool now because before it wasn't. No, exactly. I mean, U2 is doing one. U2 this fall, U2 is going to be there for uh, eight weeks. Wow. And uh, Colin Suter, you know, our old friend Colin Suter, the film critic, mm-hmm. um, he is a YouTube fanatic. And uh, he got tickets and he's going. He's going to Vegas for the weekend, he and his yeah. fiance. And, uh, you know, he doesn't care about Vegas. You know what I mean? It's like he's anti. He, the, again, Colin will go to Vegas just to visit the places from movies. You know what I mean? Right. That's the only he's going to do. <laughs> That's why he'll go to the dam. That's why he'll go to Hoover Dam is, uh, is just, to, just to say, uh, nice dam, huh? You want to go first or should I? That's what I would do. 
<laughs> I would just say that line <laughs> and then leave. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, now U2. I mean, if U2 is doing a, a, you know, a residency, Vegas is no longer like unhip and, you know, dorky. Yeah. No. Um, I guess, I mean, I don't know when that turning point happened, but yeah. Um, I mean, if you think about it, it's cool for the celebrities or the, for the acts because you get to stay in one spot. Yeah. You play what? Hour, two hours? Yep. Maybe three yep. tops. And, yep. And, and you, you get, get to go paid, home. You get paid a shit load of money. I mean, yeah. One, the main reason why they do this is because the money that you can make in Vegas, you know, as a performer for these residencies is insane. So yeah, and then on top of that, the fact that like you just do that and that's it, and then you're done. It. Then you can just after go after a get, few weeks. Yeah. <laughs> you're done. And then go back maybe the next year, do another, you know, do another two month residency or something like that. You go on stage, you do your two hours, then you go get whores and blow and you you, you know, you go to you you go to the legal whorehouses and you know, and <laughs> that's what I expect Sting to be doing. Sting's like, all right, I'm gonna go. See you guys later. Right. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go to yeah. the bu- I'm gonna go to the bunny hutch. No, the bunny hutch is a miniature golf place in Lincolnville. Right. I'm getting my I'm getting my I'm getting my my whorehouses and my miniature golf places confused. Very <laughs> similar, you know. Yeah. Oh, the bunny hutch, man, is that still open? I wonder. Um, I think it is. I think it is too. Oh yeah, the bunny hutch where they had batting cages. Miniature golf mm-hmm. and batting cages and all that stuff, and you could get ice cream at the Bunny Hutch, and then, yeah, yeah, man, Lincolnwood is a hot part of town, man. <laughs> yeah, forget Chicago, Lincolnwood, uh, Lincolnwood is where it's man. at. Hey, as we mentioned, there was a drive-in in Lincolnwood that uh, used to be there, uh, the Sunset, mm-hmm. where the Lincolnwood... oh, so then you could do that. You could or go first to the Bunny Hutch and then go see a movie. Yeah, and or... then go to the drive-in. Sure, are you going to the batting cage and the drive-in? But the drive-in is now. Like many things are, it's a Red Lobster now. Uh, hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. where it's the Lincolnwood Township Mall. You know the Lincolnwood Township Mall. Mm-hmm. That, that's what used to be the Sunset Drive-in. Oh, right. That's a yeah. shame. Yeah, it used to be the Sunset Drive-in right there. But anyway, so I no, he, he uh, the Bunny Hutch is not a whorehouse. The Bunny Hutch is right. a, right. a family is a family friendly. Yeah, don't go asking. It's not. <laughs> yeah, you go in there to play mini golf. Where are the whores? Does anybody ever? <laughs> All right. Well, here's here are some of the people that are going to be out there doing their residency. So, as we're all to get ready, man, get ready. You and mm-hmm. Colin, get that get that platinum card out and start going to town and getting your tickets for the, some of these shows. You ready? Mm-hmm. Weekends with Adele. Oh wow! Week just weekends. Yeah, See, look played, at that. Yeah, just weekends. Yeah. So she's. <laughs> like that's a sweet she's, deal. She's at the Coliseum in uh, Legendary Caesar's Palace. And she's been doing this for a long time, and it's weekends with Adele. Um, and uh, I love Adele. I would go see that if I had the money. I would go see Adele. I've never seen her. You ever seen Adele? I have not. She's no. awesome, though. I mean, I love her. Um, but yeah, so so Adele is there. If that's not mm-hmm. your scene, Esmeralda, Garth Brooks. Oh, boy. He's also playing at the Coliseum, um, and it's called Garth Brooks Plus One. Who's the, is that, are you the plus one I, I, yeah, or I think, does he I have think, a plus one? No, I think you're the plus one. I think you're mm. the plus one. So it's Garth Brooks. 
That one, though, doesn't open until the uh, towards the end of the year, so you won't be able to see Garth Brooks. Oh, okay. Well, that's Sorry about that. Also at the Coliseum in Caesars Palace, 17-time Grammy Award-winning musician Sting. Sting has got his Vegas residency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of my favorite musicians of all time. And, uh, and I'm not surprised. When I'm, I'm not surprised he's playing Vegas. My friends give me so much shit about how much <laughs> I, stay, I stayed with Sting. Because the Police are one of my favorite bands of all time. And Right. Like, but what he plays is, like, very different. All yeah. Solo I, stuff seems. It, it is. And, it, yeah. I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a ridiculous Sting fan. I, you know, um, I, I remember getting a phone call. <laughs> I remember getting a phone call. Because I like Sting way past, like, the expiration date when you should stop liking Sting. You know what I mean? Like, I still, <laughs> I still like Sting. I still love it. Yeah. I mean, um, well, somebody's got to. He yeah, got a well, whole residency in he Vegas. Does. Somebody loves him. I mean, he's selling out. You know, he, he's selling out. Uh, you know, Vegas, and he's touring with my songs. And I saw him. Um, I actually saw him uh, two summers ago, and he's still great. But anyway, um, I remember like because you know the poli- everybody loves the Police, and the Police are still mm-hmm. considered a great mm-hmm. band. But like when Sting went solo, the first couple albums, people were like, okay. And then you know later, it was like by the time like Fields of Gold came out, people were like, fuck Sting. You know what I mean? It was like, <laughs> I mean, he went a bit of a different way music yeah. music musically wise versus well, the police <laughs> i remember i remember getting a phone call the the mtv video award music awards was on mm-hmm. and uh my phone rang i was watching it and my phone rang as soon as that as soon as p diddy came out and started doing oh, that right. fucking song about uh biggie Mm-hmm. Which is essentially like all P Diddy songs. Essentially, it's just him rapping over something he stole. You know, in t- the yeah. music. Like it's not even sampling. Sampling is different. You know what I mean? Like sampling is different. But to actually take a song and then just rap over it. <laughs> you know, yeah. You know, like sampling is. There's an art to sampling. You know what I mean? Like like the Bomb Squad could sample. You know, the Beastie Boys, Rick Rubin, those guys. They know how to use samples like beautifully. But like to just take every breath you take and go, yeah, Biggie, I love you. You're dead. You know. I mean, I'm like, what the. F- so at the music awards, the MTV Music Awards, Sting comes out. I don't know if you remember this. Yeah, he, no, he no, came, no, I do. Okay, yeah, okay. He came out and he's playing the bass and he's singing "Every Breath You Take" while Diddy is you know dancing around singing about Biggie. Mm-hmm. And my phone rings, and I pick it up and it's a friend of mine. He's like, "So you're still a fan of this fucking guy?" <laughs> well, not not at the moment. No, I don't like this, but no. But I was like with him when he was like, you know, like I went to go see his, his the show that bombed on Broadway. I went to go see it here when it played at the at the auditorium, the last ship. I went to see that. I've way past like the expiration date on Sting. Like I want to go to this residency. Yeah. I want to go to that. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I'm in my fifties, Esmeralda, so I'm supposed to like Sting. At this point, it's legal, right? You know, yeah. it was illegal. No, when it makes in, sense. Yeah, when I was in my 30s and I still like Sting, people were like, "What's wrong with you?" Now I'm in my 50s. They're like, "Oh, you're you're in your 50s, so of course you're supposed to like Sting." <laughs> yeah, you've made you're into it now, so right, now enjoy it, it. relax. <laughs> okay, Donny Osmond. Oh boy, it's his not. See, I, now he, that's so funny because considering he's Mormon, right? Yeah. So it's just a funny contradiction. Although now Vegas has become a bit more family friendlier. Yeah. Um, but you know, he doesn't drink, smoke, drink caffeine, yeah. Yeah. wears wears now special he, underwear. Wears special underwear. He could be it. It's okay. But but you know, like while he's there, he could go to whorehouses and marry all of them. 
Right? <laughs> as long as he marries all of them, it's right. all okay. <laughs> so he's there. And by the way, this is the insane thing. I'm looking at this right now. He's going to be playing at Harrah's in the showroom at Harrah's. Mm-hmm. It's his first ever solo residency. Like, oh, wow. He's done residencies with his brothers and he's done residencies with uh, Marie. Yeah. Uh, with Marie, but he's never done a solo one. Interesting. How about this? Rod well, Stewart, Rod Stewart, the hits. Just the hits? Just the hits. There's a lot of them. <laughs> None now. of those pesky B-sides. <laughs> right. But he's got a lot of hits, and he's got like a 13-piece band on stage with him. Nice. And he says he grooves better than ever and gets audiences on their feet, is what it says here. Oh, wow. Okay. So you got Rod Stewart. How about Jerry Seinfeld? He's playing Caesars. Oh. Yeah. I'd go see Jerry Seinfeld. Uh, Miranda Lambert, the Velvet Rodeo Residency. Oh, goodness. And that's at the... Backed Theater, B-A-K-K-T. I don't know what that sure. is. Maybe let, let me know what that is when you, when you investigate. So you can see Miranda Lambert. Keith mm-hmm. Urban. Keith Urban is playing at Planet Hollywood. Ooh. So maybe Nicole will show up. I didn't know he would. I'm sure. No, I'm sure because it's a residency. <laughs> She's probably out probably there hanging out with him. Just hang, living in the hotel. Probably. So there you no. go. Ke- Ke- he brought, well, if he does live in the hotel, he lives like on the penthouse. Yeah. I would think they would get a home somewhere. I'm sure they have 12 of them within, yeah. you know, of, of, within spitting distance of each other. So because Keith Urban. I mean, that's also the thing. Like, well, if they live. No, but I think they live in Texas or some. They kind do. Of they live. Place. They live in. And of course, they have a place in Australia because that's where they're from. And, you know, so they've got all that shit going on. Um, how about this? Chemistry, an intimate evening with Kelly Clarkson. See, I'd go to that in a minute. Oh, wow. I would go to that Chemistry. Oh, I love her. I don't, I've never seen her TV show. I, 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 I should because my friend uh, Josh Robert Thompson, who used to be Jeff uh, Peterson on, mm-hmm. um, on, on uh, Craig Ferguson's show, he's the voice of God on Kelly Clarkson. He's oh. the announcer. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. And I still haven't watched it because it's daytime TV. I don't watch a lot of daytime TV, and I don't want to like not like her because I really like her, and I think mm-hmm. I would find because I find daytime talk show TV really annoying. Right. And I don't want to be annoyed by Kelly Clarkson because I like her a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you know. I mean, maybe don't. She does. She does sing though. I know she does, and that's those are you know, and I see that sometimes on YouTube. It'll be like her performing yeah. on her show, and I'll watch that. You know. I right. love Kelly. Yeah, I, because I, that's I, a little contained. Yes. So no, not not really talking. Right, and she's not out there, you know, like yelling and yeah, and here's you know, we're gonna and then they play wacky quiz shows and and Josh Robert Thompson, right. the voice of God. I watch a little bit of that, but I just don't like the daytime, like the Drew Barrymore thing. I turned it on for five minutes once. I almost put my foot through the TV. I just can't. yeah. Well, Drew Barrymore, she's she's an interesting person in general. Like when yeah. you hear hear her talk about things. Yeah. So it's interesting to hear her like do a whole interview segment and things like that. <laughs> like, well, it's you know have to I, keep that going. I do find it interesting though because I did watch a segment of her show that was because you know obviously you can watch all this stuff on YouTube the next day or you know whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did watch the segment where she interviewed uh, Brooke Shields because there's this documentary that's out about Brooke Shields and the unbelievably inappropriate and horrible shit that she went through as a young kid and a teenager. Yeah. In terms yeah. of, you know, obviously, you know the story about like insanely inappropriate shit that happened, uh, the way she was, you know, exploited in like movies like Pretty Baby and Blue Lagoon. She was 15 when she made Blue Lagoon. She's my age. She yeah. and I are the same age. And, and when I was growing up, she was like, oh, Brooke Shields. And she was, you know, she did the like nothing between me and my Calvins when she was like 16, mm-hmm. you know? 
Uh, and so there's this whole movie, and she's written a book about it, and the weird relationship she had with her mom, who you know was her manager and put her in all these weird positions. So to see Drew Barrymore <laughs> interview her was fascinating. I gotta say because yeah, I could see that because yeah, she went Drew, the same Drew shit. has been yeah. yeah. She was in rehab at twelve. Drew Barrymore was in fucking rehab at twelve. There were stories about how she was hungover. Listen to this. She was hungover and had the shakes when they were filming Firestarter. And Cat's Eye. Like, Cat's Eye was even worse. When she did Cat's Eye, apparently she was, like, way into drugs. I'm not kidding. Like, her, 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 her family would take her to, like, Studio 54. They, she was doing yeah. blow it. She was doing blow at, like, 11. Ugh. And, you know, back well, then... I'm if glad you that a, she, is, she made it. Cause yeah, no, it's a, it's a great story. That whole story. story is, like, crazy yeah. to... To understand and then to see that she's actually she actually got through it and yeah. is healthy. She's good. Yeah. She's like yeah. She's I not... mean, she's, she went through a lot of weird periods. Uh, Drew Barrymore. Yeah. My favorite. Oh, yeah. My, my favorite weird period of Drew Barrymore's history is when she was married to Tom Green. That's my favorite time period <laughs> for, for Drew Barrymore. But you know, it's fascinating to see you know the, all the shit she went through as a kid. And you know, they're around the same. No, she's younger than. Um, she's actually you know, she's about eight nine years younger than I think. Or no, even less than that. She's a mm. lot younger than, than Brooke Shields, I think. Maybe 10 years younger than Brooke Shields, whatever. But the point is that, <clears throat> that they went through similar things. You know, they had, they had older people who were exploiting them for the money and letting them do completely, insanely inappropriate shit, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, so, anyway, but that's... How did we get into that? Oh, because Kelly Clarkson is doing a residency. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, are you ready for the classic, Esmeralda? Here are some classic Vegas acts. Are you ready? Mm, yes. Okay. Uh, Red Fox. <laughs> that would be great. Wouldn't it be Wouldn't great to playing? see Red Fox? He, well, he's dead now, but this is, these are the classic Red. Oh, so God. do you know the, do you know the Billy Crystal story? The Red Fox, Billy Crystal story, Esmeralda? Uh, I do not. Oh God. Let me tell it really quickly. Billy Crystal tells this amazing story. So back in the seventies, when, you know, when Red Fox was doing Sanford and Son, mm-hmm. it's the biggest TV, one of the biggest TV stars of all time. But it, you know, uh, Red Fox, in his heart, was a dirty stand-up comedian. That's how he got his start. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and doing nightclubs and on the Chitlin circuit and stuff. So he was playing, uh, like, the main room at, like, Caesars or one of the places. And this was at the height of the popularity of Sanford and Son. Um, and Red was a big drinker. And Red would come out. Red would come out, cigarette, and he'd have a drink in his hand. He would do his act with a cigarette and a drink in his hand the whole time. You know what I mean? Like, he, <laughs> mm-hmm. that, that was Red. And... <laughs> And Red was making a shit ton of money on Sanford and Son and just didn't care anymore. So everybody was telling Billy Crystal, because Billy Crystal was like a young comic at the time. Very young comic. This is pre, pre-Soap, before he got the show Soap. Mm-hmm. And they were like, you got to go see Red Fox, and you got to go to the Late Show, because the Late Show is blue. You got to go to the Late Show. That's when he really swears and tells these incredibly offensive jokes and shit. So you got to go to the Late Show. So he, he goes to the Late Show one, and there's probably six people in the house, okay? So this is like a 2 a.m. I mean, that's Late Show in Vegas, like a 2 a.m. Yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. And he's in, I, I don't know what room he's in, kind of the big room in, at Caesars or some shit. And there's a full orchestra. And, uh, so he's, and there's nobody there. You know, it's 2 o'clock in the morning. There's like six people, Billy Crystal, like six other people, and four of them are drunk. You know what I mean? And like half past <laughs> Right. You know, and a couple of people just lost all their money and they're fucking depressed and they're sitting, you know what I mean? They're sitting at the table. So all of a sudden the orchestra goes, dun, 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 
Okay, so they play the Sanford and Son theme. Hmm. And they go, ladies and gentlemen, Red Fox. And Red Fox comes staggering out. Okay? He's got a drink, the cigarette in his hand. He's clearly had a bunch of drinks. It's two in the morning. Mm-hmm. So he comes out, he goes up to the mic, and and then it ends. There's silence, and he looks out at the crowd, and he sees the six people, and he goes, fuck you, fuck all y'all, fuck off. And then he starts, turns to walk away, and the band goes, dun, 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 dun. It's the greatest story of all time, like Red Fox and the band playing the Sanford and Son theme as he tells everybody to fuck off. And, and that was the show. That was the end of the show. Nice. I mean, that's pretty good for a 2 a.m. I mean. Oh, man. And it's the fact the greatest... that, like, if you were to walk by and, and you see that you hear that and then you yeah. see Red Fox come and go, like, that's yeah. pretty good. Go. And tell the audience to fuck off. Fuck all y'all. And he walked, dun, 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 you know. And so Billy Crystal told this story on The Tonight Show and it killed, obviously. It's a great story. And I don't yeah. know if you know this or not, Esmeralda, but they did that joke on an episode of The Simpsons. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, where Steve Martin did the voice of the the uh, the guy in charge of Springfield's garbage. Do you remember when Homer mm-hmm. was in charge yeah. of the garbage? And then, like, he buried it underground or something, and all the garbage, like, remember, it shot up, and Springfield was, and yeah. they, had to move, they had to literally move Springfield. Remember when they had to actually Yeah, move? yeah, yeah. Okay, well, Steve Martin was the voice of the actual, because they, they elected Homer. Mm-hmm. And and Steve Voice was the guy, and so when they reelect, they bring after Homer screws up Springfield, they bring the Steve Martin you know garbage uh, character back, mm-hmm. and they have like a welcome back party, like we're going to bring him back and he'll fix everything. And all of a sudden, and there's a band, and, you know, uh, when they introduce the Steve Martin character in the show, and the band, and they're ladies and gentlemen, here's whatever his name was on the on the show, mm-hmm. and he's back to be you know our, the president of the of the garbage association, you know, the cleanup association. All of a sudden, the band goes dun 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 it. And they play the Sanford Son theme. And then Steve Martin comes up on stage. You know, the character, the Steve Martin, the animated character goes, all right, screw you, screw all of you. I am not taking the job. And he walks off and the band goes, and they put that joke in The Simpsons. That joke is actually in The Simpsons. If you Google Red Fox, you know, reference Steve Martin, Simpsons, you can see it. They recreate the whole thing. And if I'm not mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, Conan O'Brien wrote that episode. Nice. Yeah. So, but that's a legendary story. So, uh, back in the day, you could have seen Red Fox. How about Don Rickles, Esmeralda? That would have been. Oh. We're a back to back, a headlining Don Rickles and Red Fox. Don Rickles and Red Fox. Uh, uh, Others, uh, Siegfried and Roy, another legendary Mm -hmm, act. mm -hmm. Get to see, you know, one of them get attacked by their own tiger. Yeah. Uh, Louis Prima. Oh, man. Could you imagine seeing Louis Prima? Yeah. I mean, also to think these acts plus the rooms. Yeah, man. And like how probably like just opulent. And not only they that, probably but, were. But, but like loaded with celebrities. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like back in, like obviously the number one. I mean, you know, you got to talk about the, the Rat Pack. Those guys, man. I mean, they own Vegas. They owned it. Yeah. You know, you get your Sinatra's, you got your Sammy Davis Juniors, you got your Dean Martins, you got your Liber- you know, you got your uh, Peter Lawfords, all those guys, uh, Joey Bishop, and at that time, man, they would go out, they drink till five in the morning, they drink till like six, seven in the morning, they play a little golf, and then they go back and they do like five shows and they drink more. You know yeah, yeah, and um, so from L.A., it's it's a four hour drive. Yeah, yeah, but by plane, it's like an hour. I know. <laughs> so well, you yeah. know they- 
Remember, remember the TV show Fox had a few years ago called L.A. to Vegas? And it was with Dermot Mul- uh, Dylan McDermott and Dermot Mul- Well, Dermot Mulroney. Wait a minute. Dylan McDermott was the pilot. Which one was it? It's Dylan McDermott. <laughs> but, but they had two episodes where Dermot Mulroney showed up, and they did that on purpose. Nice. So they had both. Have you ever seen the show? It's called uh, L.A. to Vegas. Mm-mm. Oh, it's hilarious. It was just basically about this... Uh, air, uh, this airline that flew specifically from L.A. just to Vegas and Vegas back to L.A. And it oh. was about all the regulars who would just take the plane, you know, the, 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 right. the, the gamblers and all the regulars that would take the plane and the staff that was always on this flight. It was a really funny yeah. show. Huh. It's a really funny show. And Dylan McDermott, no, I'm sorry, Dermot, no, yeah, Dylan McDermott, I'm sorry, <laughs> Dil- the handsome one, the beautiful one, Dylan McDermott played well, the pilot. both are. Okay, all right. Well, the more classically <laughs> handsome one. Uh, Dylan, Mc, Dylan McDermott played like the pilot and they had Dermot Mulroney on and they purposely advertised it like for the first time ever they're going to be in the same shot like the- <laughs> <laughs> so that was cool um, Tom Jones come on man oh yeah um, he hasn't performed since 2010 in Vegas but for a while he was the guy mm-hmm. he, was, he was how about David Copperfield oh yeah 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 I mean, you got a lot of mus- a lot of magicians because I mentioned Siegfried and Roy. You got David Copperfield, Penn and Teller mm-hmm. uh, are amazing. I don't know if you've ever seen Penn and Teller; they're fucking amazing live. They're very very cool. What's interesting is like, yeah, that was the thing. Singers wasn't really it was a little bit, but not as much as it is now. Like now, yeah. it's just all music yeah. for the most part. It is. I mean, well, you can get. To, I, I you know I think Dick that that what's that dickhead's name the. Um, Mind freak. What the fuck is his? Uh, oh, Chris Angel. Yeah, Chris Angel. I think he's. I think he's still. I think he's still, still got a gig. I mean, there. there has to be some magic. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of people who go to Vegas and they have an expectation. So there has to be some magic. Yeah. Uh, Celine Dion, one of the classic. Uh, of course, Celine Dion is classic. Uh, I think she's the one. Was she the one? The first one to start with this I whole think, new yeah, modern. I, I you're I, you know what I think you're absolutely right I think she's the one who kind of started the whole residency thing, um for sure the the modern one you're right like like yeah. someone who you wouldn't associate with Vegas like she was a big international superstar and people mm-hmm. were like wait a minute she's in Vegas doing Vegas she's like now I just have a regular job because a lot of people think that that's <laughs> like like second class you know like oh you're in Vegas oh, my oh God. yeah you're either a has been or you're corny. Um, and my main but man, she Jerry, saw it. She saw the, she, did. she saw the money. <laughs> no, you know, she's right. You're right. You're absolutely right. She was innovator in that, in that regard. Absolutely. No question about it. By the way, uh, Chris freak, Chris freak, Chris <laughs> angels, mind freak. Yeah, man. Mind freak. Yeah. yeah he man. performs nightly Wednesday through Sunday. So you could, uh, we, you go check him out. Wow. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. We'll check him out. All right. Um, Jerry Lewis was one of the greatest uh, live Vegas performers of all time. As we all know, um, he did the MDA telethon from Vegas all the time. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, nice. that's, so he's closely associated with Vegas. Lola Falana, one of the legendary performers, singer-dancer, Lola Falana. Phyllis Diller. Oh, my God, I love mm-hmm. Phyllis Diller. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, I mentioned uh, Tom Jones. Did I mention Tom Jones? Yes. Uh, yes. Tom Jones. Bobby Darren is one of the, one of the yeah. classics. Coming in at number three on the list is Elvis. Oh, of course. Because Vegas Elvis, when he had the jumpsuit and he did the whole you know thing, that was a very specific time period for Elvis. Not my favorite time period for Elvis. But, right. Uh, and he's but at number three. It was three. a time. 
Number two is the Rat Pack. They come in at number two, and I'm giving you the top mm-hmm. three. The top, the top three are three is as Elvis. Two is the Rat Pack. You know, Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, Sammy Davis Jr., Joey Bishop, Peter Lawford. Amazing. They played the Copa. That was like their big room. The Sands. Mm-hmm. That was their big room. And then number one, the ultimate uh, Vegas performer of all time, according to this uh, this article, is Liberace. Oh, of course. Yeah. Didn't God. he have a home there? Like he oh was set. Oh my God! Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He, had he a was home. like, "I'm here." Yeah. No, 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 no. He was. There I mean, is he, um. There is a museum there. Yeah, the Liberace, the Liberace Museum. Mus- yeah, I mean, the museum. only time I've ever I've, I've never actually gone to Vegas proper, but I've been to the Liberace Museum. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. <laughs> it's fantastic, <laughs> and it's fucking fantastic. It's fantastic. I mean, the wardrobes alone, like the clothes alone, are worth the price of admission. It's, yeah, it's fantastic. You know, the Liberace is Vegas. You know what I mean? Like he represent. Like look at him. You know, like the clothes, the diamonds, the way he. Mm-hmm. I'm my bro- my brother George. That whole thing, and the you know the candelabras, the pianos, and all that stuff. Vegas. Oh like the, yeah, the ultimate Vegas performer, at least classic Vegas performer. You know, yeah, he's quite the. Yeah. He's he's. I feel like he's just Vegas. Yeah, like Vegas so. took notes from him. Here, here's the great thing though about Vegas Esmeralda is you you can eat. They got buffets like a motherfucker out there, so you can eat. Oh yeah, you can eat pretty pretty reasonably. You know what I mean? Like you could eat like a crazy person. Um, because so, they got all those buffets. And you don't mm-hmm. necessarily, and you don't necessarily have to gamble. Now, in order to drink for free, you got to gamble, right? You know, right? Um, but I think you can get those. Those buffets are available all over the place. So you're gonna, you can eat like a maniac while you're out there. Those buffets, oh, yeah, for sure. Oh my god, that to me would be the draw. <laughs> <laughs> it would be Kelly Clarkson intimate and food. That would that would be it. For me. And then what if there was a buffet at the Kelly Clarkson oh, show? Oh man. That you could just go to as she's performing, oh. or Since they have a buffet in front of you. Oh man, a buffet! Do you imagine in front of your me? own little mini buffet? Man, I am eating lobster tail. Since you've been gone, I've been fucking oh, yeah. eating like a pig, man. Mm-hmm. Anyway, what do you, do you, do you have plans, or uh, are, are they going to give you a tour? Or your friend's going to give you a tour, or, or, or what? Do you guys have plans at all for for what's going to um, happen? Not really. I mean, yeah. the strip is kind of the strip. I've yeah. been. Doing a little bit of research of looking stuff up, but nothing like too concrete. Just yeah. kind of like vague ideas. Vague. Um, probably when ideas. I get there. See what, see yeah. oh. Wait, hold on. A hey, wait, hold on a second. There you go. <laughs> My friend will probably, you know, give us some advice on where to go, considering yeah. he's been there long enough. Very cool. Well, it'll be fun. I mean, you, you won't be able to see Liberace or Don Rickles or Jerry Lewis. Yeah, unfortunately. Because that, that time period is gone. They're all gone now. So. Yeah. Unless they unless they all get holograms. Oh, God. I Could would, you I, imagine? I, oh, my God. A hologram of Don Rickles just coming out and being completely inappropriate. And he just does his set. <laughs> yeah. Let's go out and do a set and... You know. <laughs> I'd kind of want to see that. I, yeah. I think I would pay to oh, see a would, holographic Don Rickles. I would pay to. I would. I, hell yeah, I'd pay for. I pay for. I definitely pay for Jerry Lewis. There's no question about it. I yeah. would pay. I would pay to see a hologram of Jerry Lewis. That'd be great. Could you imagine it talks like it talks to you? <laughs> like you can how, interact. Hey, by the way, did I ever tell you how I did a bit with Jerry Lewis? No. Oh my God, Esmeralda! I went to see him at the the Oakbrook the theater in Oakbrook, uh, mm-hmm. whatever it was. I can't remember what the name. Drury Lane in Oakbrook, maybe. Um, I think that sounds right. And I had first row seats. Roy got me first row seats. And me and my buddy Scott Oaken were sitting in the front row. And, I mean, you know what I, how I feel about Jerry Lewis. 
Yeah, yeah. I got to meet him one time. Uh, oh, forget it. Anyway, so I'm sitting in the front row, and Lewis comes out, and he does his act. And mm-hmm. by the time we saw him, we saw him in the 90s, in the early 90s. So by this point, Jerry Lewis was doing the same shit he'd been doing since the 60s. Like, he came out. Right. <laughs> same <laughs> jokes, same bits, same songs, over and over and over again. He did, like, yeah. a, a an offensive Japanese bit where he, you know, he... he he put fake teeth in and pulled out a oh, transistor great. radio. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. That's, that's, I mean, he still did that in the 90s. He's still doing that shit. So he comes out at one point, and he does this bit where he juggles canes. Mm-hmm. It's a classic Jerry Lewis bit where he, like, po- throws a cane on the ground, he flips it up in the air, and he tosses it around and stuff, and then he'll drop one, throw it up way up high, and try to catch it behind his back, and then someone throws canes from the side of the stage if he drops one. Mm-hmm. So uh, one of the canes hit off the ground and bounced off and, ju- and dropped into my lap. Oh, and so I got Jerry Lewis's cane, in my and I'm like, "Fuck, I'm taking this. I'm leaving with it." Oh my god, I got Jerry Lewis's cane, <laughs> and I'm holding it. And Jerry walks to the front of the stage and walks up to me and bends over and goes, "How you doing? Are you all right?" And I'm like, "Hug a hug," because I couldn't speak. <laughs> Jerry Lewis, and I'm suddenly there's a spotlight on me because I'm in the front row and I'm yeah. I've got his cane, and he goes, uh, "Are you all right? Did, I, did, did, did the cane hurt you?" And I'm like, "Uh, no, no, Jerry, it, it didn't." He's like, "Could you toss that back up there? Will you please toss that back up? Toss, toss that back up." So uh, my Oaken is like elbowing me. He's like, throw it back up on the stage. Because I was like, <gasps> what? And so, <laughs> so I throw it up on stage, and he steps into it so it hits him in the balls purposely. Oh, n- oh okay. Okay, purposely. <laughs> like, he ste- no, 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 no. He stepped into it so it would hit him in the balls. And he yeah. goes, hi. And so like the bit was I hit Jerry Lewis in the balls with his cane. So he does a dead stare to me, like stares at me, like staring me down, like he's going to mm-hmm. kill me. And the audience is roaring, and he walks over slowly to the piano, and he gets a gun. And he walks Jesus. back He walks back to me, and he points the gun at me. Mm. And he pulls the trigger, and, it go, and, and the flag comes out and goes, bang. And he goes, hi, hi, you're all right, and he walks away. Oh, Lord. So, and I'm sitting there, like, my jaw is on the floor, okay? And I'm that's, like, that's and, a lot. And Oaken leans over to me, and he goes, dude, you just did a bit with Jerry fucking Lewis. And I said, Yeah. <laughs> I just did a bit with Jerry. It was the greatest night of my life. <laughs> That's so fright. That's kind of scary, though, to think. Like he go and he goes and gets a gun. He does. Yeah, he gets a gun. He walks and up, shoots points, me with and it, and he shoots me. Bang! And he goes hi hi. And I was like, "This is oh, the greatest Lord. night of my. This is the greatest night of my life." I just did a bit. Jerry Lewis shot me, and I did a bit with. I hit Jerry Lewis in the balls with one of his canes. <laughs> God. Yeah. Uh, highlight of my life. Oh my yeah. God. So no, I, of course. Anyway, but. So I've got that. So maybe, maybe you, if you go to see, you know, if you go to see Keith Urban, hit him in the balls. Maybe you'll get on stage. Yeah, he might. He might be recreating the whole thing. <laughs> he'll do the Jerry we don't Lewis know. Thing. We haven't seen. Know. We haven't seen the show. Well, uh, well, you're not going to miss. Tribute. You're not going to miss any episodes of this, thanks to technology mm-hmm. and time and time machines, mm-hmm. because yes. you have a time machine in Vegas. Uh, but uh, but uh, have a great time and uh, and and let me know what's what's uh, what's going to be happening while you're there. We want to talk about. Oh that. yeah, for sure. The next time we're together, we'll get back to some more of those dark lyrics as well uh, mm-hmm. and all that. And uh, the next time, Marty Schur is going to join me from the takeout. And we're going to talk oh, through all nice. kinds of fun stuff. So my thanks to uh, Esmeralda. My thanks to uh, Mike Kurz, uh, 98th anniversary of the drive-in. My thanks to you. If you want to be a sponsor, sales at radiomisfits.com. Leave a voicemail message 24-7-773-417-6948. Email us, nickdpodcast at gmail.com. Listen to us live streaming 24-7. You can hear the Nick D Podcast 3 p.m. daily. And the SNL podcast, that show hasn't been funny in years, 9 a.m. daily at radiomisfits.live, our streaming service now. So thanks, everybody, and we'll see you next time on uh, the Nick D Podcast.